DXBP podcast episode three. Today we're joined by Mike Randall. We've had a great conversation with him all about the history of Desk, his career, um, how he's built the school from literally starting, how he consulted on, on the facilities and, and the height of the roof and the opening windows to shout towards people in the pool. We cover everything from leadership, handling conflict, recruitment. It's a really interesting episode today and um, it was a pleasure to have Mike. So please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the DXBPE podcast, a podcast for teachers, by teachers, and the first and only podcast here in Dubai that will specialise in welcoming teachers and leaders from within DASA and beyond to share their experiences and their journey in our great subject. We're your hosts, my name's Matt Dams and I'm here with Ed Mosley. We're both heads of department at our respective schools here in Dubai. We'll be speaking with PE teachers and leaders about their journey and experiences of the subject, along with sharing tips for success for aspiring and current leaders. DXBPE is a professional development branch of DASA, a not-for-profit organisation that facilitates high-quality sport for over 80 schools here in Dubai. We also wish to offer our thanks to our show sponsor, Gulf Youth Sport, the voice of youth sports here in the Middle East, and TWEDEX, the go-to company for international school sports tours and events. Please note that all views expressed in this podcast are that of the individual and not of the school that they represent. Opinions expressed also do not reflect the views of DASA and or its associated partners. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. Just search DXBPE. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram at DXBPE. If you have any questions or queries about the podcast, please email admin at dasasport.org. So then, let's get to it. Whether you're listening in the car, travelling to or from work, or you're out on a run, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome back to episode number three of the DXBE podcast. I'm Matt Dams from Kent College. We've got Ed Mosley from North London Collegiate. And today we are joined by Mr. Mike Randall from Desk. We're all sat together at Heartland International School in the recording studio. Uh, it's a great facility. We're really lucky to be here. Mike grew up in Worksworth. It's a historic market town in rural Derbyshire where he attended Anthony Gel School. Established in 1576 as a free grammar school, Anthony Gel School is now a co-educational comprehensive school. Notable alumni include world record breaking British sailor Dame Ellen MacArthur. Mike studied PE and geography at St Luke's Exeter University before taking on a teaching position at Blandford Upper School in Dorset. After just two terms at Blandford, Mike was promoted straight to head of PE and he stayed there for seven years. Mike has spent the last 16 years of his 23-year teaching career as Director of Sport at Dubai English Speaking College, commonly known as DESK. With a first intake of just 35 Year 7 students, Mike was the inaugural head of PE when DESK first opened in 2006, and he has seen the school grow to now over 1,700 students. Thanks to her sister school, DES, Dubai English Speaking School, DESK with a double S, enjoys a 57-year-old heritage, making it the oldest British curriculum school in Dubai, older than the UAE itself. 
Both DES and DESC are not-for-profit entities, meaning every dirham generated through fees is reinvested. The school has been judged by KHDA as outstanding consistently every year since 2013, and in the most recent Top Schools Award, DESC won the much-coveted Best School for Sport in the UAE. Outside of work, Mike is a keen all-round sportsman who has spent a great deal of time sailing and playing volleyball. He has played National League One and represented England on an urban beach volleyball tour. So, Mike, thanks for joining us. How are you getting on today? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, well done. I just said earlier that that's probably the best bio I've ever had, so thanks very much for that. It sounds much better than it really is, so I appreciate the introduction. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us, Mike, and um, yeah, thanks to Heartland for having us again in this great facility. So, there's lots to talk about in that bio even, I think, that lots of people might not know, <laughs> um, particularly about Desk and its history and, and how you started it. But before we get into that, Mike, could you tell us something that our listeners might not know about you. Um, yeah, I could fly a plane when I was 18. It's a bit of a random one. So uh, before I thought about PE teaching, I was considering a career in the Air Force and I had a flying scholarship after A-level. So I thought it was very cool. I flew a plane, I had the Ray-Bans, the, the green suit. So it didn't work out and things are as they are now. But yeah, I could fly a very, very small plane, but yeah. That's nice. something different about me. Were you more of a maverick, iceman, or a goose? <laughs> Those of you who are old enough will probably make the connection between pilots, Ray-Bans, and beach volleyball. So I kind of yeah, yeah. ticked a few boxes there. So um, Shirt off, dog tags. Yeah, yeah. maybe then, certainly not now. <laughs> so what, what got you into PE in the first place? What was your journey? Uh, well, initially, like I said, I was considering the Air Force. I got a flying scholarship, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought that was where I was headed. I went for some more Air Force interviews. They pretty much said, look, you're far too young. Uh, you've no chance. Go to university. Uh, so I took that on the chin. I was working in a fabric factory at the time, just getting some money, really. Um, so I decided, yes, I'd apply, but I'd give it another year, get some more money together. Uh, I'd always loved PE, sports, really enjoyed that. So I thought, well, if I've got to go to university, I want to go for something that I, I really enjoy. Uh, so I started looking into that, and that's what sort of set me on that path. And once I was there, I think that was it, really. That was me. Um, so, yeah, it's funny how things can work out. Uh, yeah. I never thought about it until I was maybe 18, 19. I'd always loved sport, but it wasn't a career. My dad was in the Navy, my brother. So that was kind of a sort of a family pathway. So I sort of bucked the trend and, and went to university instead. Nice. The, one thing I'd like to ask you about, Mike, and I think lots of people would be interested in is we see Desk now as this, you know, super sporting, high-performing <laughs> school that wins lots, you know, puts out so many teams. But as Matt covered in the bio there, it wasn't always like that. And, and I, you were there at the beginning. So could you take, take us back to that year one at Desk and, and just paint the picture for us? Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we had family here. So when the job came up for Desk, we sort of checked with the family and they said, look, Des is amazing. Uh, it's worth taking a risk on a new school if it's associated with them. So that's what we did. It was actually my wife that drove it. She did my application. I didn't really want to go, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's funny how things work out. She filled out the forms. That was a deal. And, uh, and we kind of went for it. But I'd been to Dubai for four or five years before that. So I kind of knew the scene. Uh, and then the way it started was we actually spent the first year in Des Primary with the 35 students in two classrooms. And mm. we shared the primary facilities. And... I think that was lucky in a sense that we, 
I, I, I still know people in the primary school well now as a consequence of that experience. And we had the 35 students as the school was being finished. Uh, and we kind of went from there. But even at the start, there was 12 members of staff for 35 students. They still employed the heads of department in spite of the fact that the school wasn't there. So even yeah. from the start, there was a lot of investment in making it as good as it could be. Uh, and in that first year, you know, we, we had a sports day, we had a swim gala, every member of staff helped. Uh, we, we got fixtures going with the kind of people that we could, we made some calls, we went to training. So I think that was the start really where we just did as much as we could with what we had. Um, and I think when you're in a new school, that is the key. There's lots of things maybe you can't do, but there's an awful lot that you can if you make that, that, that kind of commitment to doing it. I mean, we called it the Desk Olympics, which I think <laughs> is a big name for a first sports. Everyone had to do five events and the relay. Yeah. In the swim gala, you had to do every race and the relays. Mm. And all the other teachers pitched in, and, and, and that's how it started. And then we transitioned to the main school. And luckily, we had some input into how it was designed and how it was built. I got to decide the depth of the swimming pool, the height of the sports hall. Yeah. We painted netball courts in the car park before the sports hall was finished. We went to the country club for swimming before the pool was finished. We marked out badminton courts in the main hall with tape. Uh, so you can do a lot more than you think you can do if you want to take that approach. Uh, we weren't re we were sort of limited by what we had, but in a sense we weren't. We just we had to, the highlight for the kids was the country club, the old country club. I'm going back a long time here. Yeah. So we used to go for a double of swimming, you swam in the country club pool, you took your ten dirhams, you could have a coke from the bar, we got on a minibus and you went back to lessons. So that, that was swimming at desk Great. in the early days. And then the facilities kicked on after that, but yeah, we were lucky enough to have some input on the original designs. They had one netball court, we changed that to three, my wife and I, Amanda. Uh, they wanted a 50 metre pool, we said no, you want a 25 because we'd rather have the netball courts. They had a standalone tennis court, we got rid of that. Uh, the pitch wasn't as big, we maximised the pitch size. The sports hall, they wanted bleachers. I said, no, we need the floor space. Yeah, they said a six metre height. I said, no, we want nine metres, so we got the height changed. I got the plans off, um, it was Sport England, I think. Six-court yeah. six sports hall off the internet. So, yeah. yeah, that side of things is really quite exciting. So if you yeah. are in a new school and you've got that opportunity to sort of make your mark, Hmm. I always laugh that the only windows open in the school are the, are the ones in the PE office because I insisted I wanted to shout into the swimming pool and shout into the sports hall. So those windows open. So we yeah. had we were lucky to have that. I think it was a real, really exciting time. And you know you had to be innovative. You had to sort of push the boundaries a bit and get things done. Um, but yeah, it was it was great to be in the primary school first and then transition to secondary. And I also hmm. toured. I remember going around Dubai looking at sports halls and looking at mistakes that other people had made and uh, look we didn't avoid them all I'm not going to say yeah, that yeah. but we managed to avoid quite a few of them because at yeah. the time it was architects who were glitzy hotels shopping malls yeah. they had no experience of schools and no input from teachers so mm. I think we benefited from getting that chance to have some input the foundations were in so I couldn't change the complete layout of the school but I certainly got my spin on what we needed and what I felt that we wanted, which was quite different to the architects. Yeah. There was no staff toilet or staff shower, for instance. Yeah. Can't you use the kids ones? Well, no, we can't. <laughs> so all those sort of small things. So it, it was a really nice time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, so, you know, you weren't just a, a head, head of PE was the title at the time, was it? Was it was interesting because it, my wife will no doubt listen to this at some stage, so I've got to be <laughs> careful. It was head of boys and head of girls. I had, we had yeah. quite good jobs and initially, you know, I said to my wife, and there's a bit of a backstory. I was sat in the, 
the hotel waiting for the interview saying to her, look, I don't really need this job. I've got a great job. It's, they're going to have to make me a decent offer. And little did I know that the principal interviewing was sat behind me reading the newspaper. <laughs> so when we did get into the interview, they sort of said, look, you know, we understand, you know, you, you're looking for a, a role for both of you. So we'll, we'll give you head of boys and head of girls. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it started, really. And just, you know, you, you might just think that's a curriculum job, but you're almost a project manager, weren't yeah. you? And, and what an opportunity that was well, to I, make things that are there now still, yeah. that you can still shout out of that window yeah. to the pool. Yeah, you can still shout in the pool. I still have the original <laughs> layout of the sports hall. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get framed in Sapta, I think. Uh, the lines yeah. and, and the decisions, and, and people were deferring to you on those decisions. And, and, you know, where else in the world would you get that opportunity? Yeah, so lucky. Yeah. What was it? Um, what was it like at Blandford? Because you were kind of thrust into a leadership role very early. <laughs> yeah. After just two terms out of university, taking on a head of PE role. Yeah, it was a bit strange. It, 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 we moved to. I moved with my partner. Well, she was a partner, and now my wife. She got the job first, and I wanted to move to Dorset to to play volleyball. Really, so I followed her down, and I did supply. And then what I did was I went around every school in Dorset uh, with my dad. He helped me. Uh, I wrote a little CV on a card, put my suit on, and we got the little A to Z. And we visited every Midlands senior school in Dorset. And I went in physically and handed a card over uh, in an attempt, just, you know, I need to get a job. So that's what we did. And then um, luckily they rang me and had an opportunity. I went in uh, and they gave me the role. But it was a very small school and it was a deputy head and a head of house and myself. Uh, uh, and then the lady at the time got promoted. So there wasn't really any other option. You had to make me head of PE. There wasn't <laughs> mm. anybody else. So, yeah, I was thrust in and it was, I just didn't know any different. It was GCSE, it was A-level, it was all the teams. But I had the support of the two people that were there. And I think that that was, you know, to be in a situation when you're in charge, but you can just defer to experience. And they cause you absolutely no work whatsoever because, yeah. you know, they're, they're great at what they do. And they've both been head of PE. So it's just a case of you running the logistics and, and using their experience. That said, a good situation to be in as a, as a leader, as a manager, if you've got a high-performing team, all you need to do is really provide the foundations for them to do their job. You know, whereas yeah. if you had a low-performing team as an inexperienced leader or manager, then that's going to be much harder, isn't it, perhaps? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it worked because I've, I think they knew that they would have their eye on it anyway. Mm. So it was, it was a really good experience because I literally did everything but with their guidance. So any time I needed to ask anything, it wasn't a line manager's meeting, it was a mm. nod in the corridor and you know, they, they could sort of set me right with that. But no, I didn't really know any different. And I think having GCC and A-level and having to do everything, it sort of set me up. So when we came to a new school, that was fine. I knew I'd done everything before. I was I used to doing that. And you know, the buck stopped with me even for, at that stage. So you just sort of accepted that but yeah being in a high performing team with that much experience was a real luxury yeah i wouldn't have been able to do it I, I, if i'm honest i was pretty clueless mm. and they were telling me exactly what to do at what times so i was nodding and, and getting on with it really so yeah. although i was head of PE in name i think they gave me an awful lot of direction as well oh, great have you kind of seen yourself in that position now at desk obviously you've got younger teachers coming up through through the desk model younger inexperienced teachers say but you know, you had great SLT when you were a young head of department. Have you taken that on board and you're kind of leading in that, in that way? I think, yeah, it's your responsibility to bring on the staff that work for you in the same way as it's your responsibility as a teacher. And then I often say to my staff, you need to be the coach that you needed when, when you were that, that student. And it's a common phrase, but I think, it, I think it's well 
you know, I, you want to be the manager you wanted when you were that teacher. So, you know, I'm conscious of that. And I think, you know, your role is, you know, I expect my staff to work really hard, but in return, then it's my job to try and facilitate them to becoming better uh, and giving those opportunities. Uh, and it is a, it's a fine balance between delegating responsibilities, you know, and people feeling that I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, and I found that a difficult challenge over my career in, in terms of, you know, you, you have to step away from some of the doing, and, and some people will think, oh, he's just telling me what to do, he doesn't really do anything, and, you know, <laughs> I think you have to accept a little bit of that. But, yeah, facilitating someone to move forward, and I think you should never hold anybody back. I think that's a problem for PE teachers in general. Uh, not, I think I've been lucky. A lot of my staff have gone on to be really quite successful. Uh, and perhaps we'll talk about that later. I think that's a great indication of the quality of your leadership is how well your staff do mm. once they move on from you. And I think in PE as well, because of the nature of the work after school, I think sometimes teachers can be ignored by the rest of the school in terms of positions of responsibility because they feel it'll impact on your after school work. But uh, yeah. luckily at desk, we've got quite a few senior managers with a PE background who understand that. And then we sort of negotiate around that. You can't be held back from a a promotion or a role in the wider school because you're a PE teacher. But mm. I, I, think, I, I think that's an issue. I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that type of thing. Yeah, we, we spoke a little bit with Roger about it, didn't we, in the last episode about um, how PE teachers need to break the stigma of the shorts and the T-shirt, yeah. you know, and, and um, progressing and moving up. And, um, you know, we discussed about getting out there and seizing the opportunities that are available in school to break that stigma. So, you know... When, when there is an opportunity to put a shirt and tie on and a jacket, you know, yeah. you, you do it well. And you take the jokes about, you know, oh, is it your court date today and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, my favourites is that I didn't recognise you with your clothes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're, all, they're all up there. With yeah. all, yeah. Court appearance is a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, and, and, and putting your hand up to lead a PD session or, or, or do something like that and get involved. And I think, yeah, as PE staff, that's we have to put ourselves out there extra. But... Your point was more about the well. If if Ed gets promoted to assistant head, then who's gonna who's gonna run Correct, the swim yeah. squad? Yeah, you know. Therefore, let's go with the geography teacher who doesn't have a swim squad. Mm. You know, and and yeah. I think we've been lucky. I mean, I'm in a school with a lot of senior leaders with PE experience, which has certainly made my life, you know, considerably easier. And those mm. conversations are much easier to have. And you know, at the moment, I've got quite a few of my team involved with house. Actually, got two assistant heads as well, so yeah. you know that that side of things. And I think the problem that sometimes PTs has they have no time to engage with the wider school events mm. because they're you know if there's a PD after school, well you can't go. So, but again, our schools I think it's been a bit mindful of that. There's more stuff at lunch times, they're more online, which allows you know PE staff then to be involved with that. And I think you know schools are mindful of that now, uh, and we've benefited from it. Mm. Um, when you were deciding on the height of the sports hall and the <laughs> windows in the P office and things like that. Did you have the vision then of what desk is now? Mm. We, you know, we, we've spoken in the last episode again about vision and what we do now and what we put on the walls now is going to be there in 15, 20 mm. years. And we need to be mindful of that. Did you have that vision or is that just naturally occurred year on year and you've just, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's changed as the school's grown. Mm. And, I, and I've certainly changed. I, I have a very different approach now to the one that I started with. When I started, I, it was my wife and I, we just wanted it to be good. 
mm. you know we had a lot of professional pride we starting a new school and it was all about our reputation in the community and and I think it was just professional pride and then I got some great stuff and, and I think we've always had a I'd like to think we've always had a good reputation for being professional and I think it was more about that really for me you know you, you saw the scene and what was going on you wanted to be part of that but you, you wanted it to be good really mm. and I think the rep, building a reputation was a big thing for us we had to convince people we were worth the risk we had to convince people it was going to be good you know and, and that was the driver really, the quality of the experience and I think that's continued the way we deliver that experience has changed quite considerably but the quality mm. of the experience and what you can do and, and I, I know with new schools people you know can get caught up their facilities and what the issues are and what other people have got but it's making use of what you've got and making sure that, that quality's there you know, you can give a kid a very good experience with quite limited facilities, you know, just with, you know, being a good teacher. You know, mm -hmm. we'd all say, you know, you can have as many iPads as you like. You'd much rather have a good teacher in the room. It, it, and I think that's what, I think we were sort of fighting for survival in one sense. And we knew that we, we wanted to be up there and we wanted to be good. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think that's something that I value. Now you've got to have a sense of professional pride in what you do. I, I can't stand it if I think, you know, People think we look terrible, or that wasn't well organised. Uh, but the the kind of vision for where we were headed evolved as the screw as the school grew, I think, and and that's changed over time. But I think the quality of the experience is something you've got to keep coming back to. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps we'll talk about that later. That the challenge of that for every student is is probably one of the hardest that you have to deal with. Have you got an idea for the, the next five or ten years? Then, if you if you know where you you've come from. Yeah, I think. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Maybe I had an idea a year ago. Maybe <laughs> that idea has changed a little bit. But I think for me, uh, we sort of have regular meetings. Five-year plans, I think, are difficult. Mm. I like a two-year, three-year, maybe. Uh, I always smile that when I revisit it with the boss, I'm generally recycling. I've maybe done some of the stuff. I maybe haven't done others, and, and parts still remain. But having that vision of like the quality of the experience for the the maximum number of students and I think that's one battle that we all face is that how do you deliver uh, to everybody what they need and that is difficult that's probably been my I made some notes earlier but that's probably been my biggest challenge yeah. that concept that you want everyone to be part of it but the quality of the experience you know if you, if you enjoy social football maybe that's what you want to do but maybe you just want a seven aside league on a Sunday but if mm. you want to be a professional footballer then the, what, the experience that you need is quite different and trying to cater everyone's quite difficult. And one for me is I want 100% of students to take part in sport outside of lessons. So we're up to about 85%. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's not 100. Uh, and that's the challenge, you know, what is it that we're not offering that you would like to do? Why don't yeah. you do it? Uh, and I think that's an interesting challenge. And I think a bit like a school, you know, you're always going to get judged on your exam results. Right? Yeah. So you, you've got to accept that in this situation you are going to get judged on your success uh, but they're not mutually exclusive in the same exam results are. Mm. it's still the quality of the experience for some of those students but yeah you have to accept you know when you win some things it's it's nice and there's nothing wrong with that but the quality of the experience that everyone gets that's the thing that i think we've found the most difficult in some situations we're doing it very well rugby is an example where Everyone wants to come, can come. Everyone wants to train, can train. And we've just about managed it. Everyone wants to play, can play. Mm. And we're not there with everything, but that's where I'd like to be. Um, what's going to happen in the future, I don't know. I think sort of IT technology is going to 
come to the forefront and making some inroads into that. Uh, but I think, you know, looking to the future, there might be quite a lot of change. New ability to be agile, switch around, mm -hmm. change things up. But again, it should come back to the, you know, the enjoyment and the quality for the, for the students. That should be the central sort of premise that you keep working towards. So I, will, I was going to ask you about, you know, how do you communicate your vision or what you want to your team? But we've spent 10 minutes listening to you now. And I already know if I worked in your team, it's student-centered, it's about them. And it's, uh, is that right? Yeah, that's I mean, what's coming through for, yeah. for me now. It's not about any other schools or what they're doing or what we need to achieve. It's, it's about every kid at our school having... Yeah, I, think, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, Dubai's competitive. There's no hiding from that. You need a good brand. Mm. You need to look the part. And on occasions, you need to deliver. Did it do me any harm to win the best sports school award? No. <laughs> you know? yeah. Am I convinced I am? Well, maybe not. But, you know, yeah. there's that side of things. And, and, you know, and part of that is, you know, you want to be well regarded. And I think that's important. But, yeah, the, the students should be at the centre of it. Uh, that, I think people get confused with that and not being competitive. And that's just nonsense. Mm. We're about developing students' character. And one of the characteristics I want is that you're fiercely competitive. I'm yeah. preparing you for the real world here. Yeah, I hate losing. Always have. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, all do. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this sort of character, it, it, it's not wishy-washy. It's about developing students and transmitting those values. And the quality of that experience needs to be high. And like, it doesn't need to be the same. You know, if you're in a swim squad, you need 2K swim. Yeah. If you want to get better at swimming, you need to go to the beginners. You know, but the problem I think that we all have is we all know that the swim squad experience is better quality, perhaps, mm. than the swim beginner session. And maybe that's the challenge. We certainly find the kind of strength and conditioning has been a real win for a lot of students. What you put in, you get out. Yeah. And the experience is pretty good regardless of who you are. So if you're in yeah. our sixth form and you can access the gym, the guy's there, you can be a dancer, you can whatever it is you want, you're going to access the same quality of experience. So I'm happy with that as a quality of experience. Mm. Maybe some of the other sports, that we're not there yet. And sometimes that's to do with staffing and space. Uh, and there are barriers to that. But if you keep pushing towards that, raising that quality of the experience, I think you know, the, you'll get the outcomes anyway. Mm. If all my students get better rugby coaching and all the students get better access to rugby, all the students enjoy playing rugby, when it comes to winning at rugby, well, we've probably got a much better chance. Yeah. I want to jump in on the, um, the best school for sport in the UAE. Uh, so I was actually at the award ceremony and uh, I remember you being up on stage with Principal Andrew Gibbs and we kind of see the facilities, we see desks out at fixtures and doing very well. Um, but what really struck home is when he talked about the culture of the school and he was very complimentary to you. He said, look, I, I can't take any of the credit. It's all Mike Randall. He's been from the here from the start. He's done everything. But he also told a story about a, the head groundsman, um, a fire alarm and, and 50 not out. And I think that really struck me with the culture of, of desk. I was wondering if you could just tell us, tell us that story. Yeah, I, I mean, Andy's been very magnanimous <laughs> about it. And, and if you're talking about desk's success and in relation to sport, a huge part of it comes from uh, him. And, and it comes from the way the school values sport. You know, I'm not being flippant, but there's very little you can't solve with 200,000 dirhams. So you mm. give me a PE problem, whatever it is, I've got no pitch space, hire the sevens. Yeah. We, we can't get enough football coaches, hire them. So, you know, if you want to be successful, I think, one, you need the buy-in, which I've got from my principal and, and the staff, but also it needs to be resourced. 
And then you do need to put good people in place. But you can put a good person in place if he hasn't got the support or even the funding. It's always going to be difficult. You can make inroads, but I was lucky that I had it all. I had a principal who was supportive. You know, I, I had money in place. I had great people with me. And on top of that, we had deaths at the primary school. So I think, you know, I was thinking about this for the interview. That's why I'm flipping a few notes over. Because we had instant access to great kids mm. who were bought, buying into the brand and were prepared mm. to take a risk and were already great. You know, have a great relationship with Des and they send us, you know. So we had all these advantages when we started, you know, a great feeder school. It was all set up. We're non-for-profit anyway, so the reinvestment was there. We had uh, people who were buying into the value of a sport. And when Andy came, uh, the, Andy Gibbs, the uh, principal, you know, that... He, he was just immediately, you need more support if we want to make this more successful. And, and that, that enabled us to go down the road that we've gone. Mm. And the good people play a part. You know, I'd like to think I had some impact along the way, but I'm not naive enough to think without all that, we wouldn't be where we are now. And I think I see that in Dubai. You know, you sort of see parents sharing frustrations, but are those things in place? Does the principal support it? Are good people in post? And is it well-resourced? So... I, to me, I think that that was real, and also it's uh, it you know the reason that the site manager Raj is there is he and I started together. We used to put chairs out for assembly, mm. you know. And people see him now; he's a bit like me. We sort of smile, and we're the similar ages, and we laugh to each other. It's like you know, we're not putting chairs out anymore, are we? Like I'm the sort of wink, no, Raj, we're not. <laughs> but he, you know, it's the same principle. He, he's gone through the hard years, and and he's established himself, and, and you know, we used to he caught the old snake and threw it over the wall back in the day, but. You know, and he's valued by the school as someone who's contributed to that reputation. And you know, and again, that comes from the top. Is you're part of the Des family. You know, you, you you've got a vested interest in the quality of the school, and that goes for everyone, like top to bottom. Yeah. And again, you know, sort of credit to our senior management for recognizing that that's what makes you different. That culture, that involvement. Raj asked me how we're doing when we get off the bus. Hmm. You know, he's proud of our results in the same way that you know. Yeah we sort of have those conversations. So now I've been lucky and I think our journey sounds, you know, it's been a great journey, but we have had a lot of advantages along the way. Yeah. Oh, great. It's, I love hearing it and, and, and this, you know, you and Raj hunting for snakes and, and, <laughs> and chucking in as many teams as you can, uh, anyone who will play you and, and you're running every team because it's only you, you're the only male PE member of staff. And I think, anyone listening if you get the opportunity to go to a new school or the, or even the value of staying at a school for a long period of time there's lots of movement here in Dubai but um and I think it's a generational thing you know we do four years and then we're looking and we're looking but if you can stay somewhere what you can achieve is is huge and then that sense of success and you've referred to impact before, you don't know what, maybe what impact you had. If we could measure that impact, I think <clears throat> it would be, it would be huge for you, Mike, I'm sure, you know, and, and it is, are, are there any things you look at at school as a leader to try and assess your impact? Have yeah. you ever done that? And yeah, I think that's difficult. I've done the 360 leadership, which is interesting. So I'd recommend that to anybody. You can just get it online and, and throw it out. And what you'll get is your staff will be very nice to you and, and basically lie. You know, you're the boss. Mm. But what you'll find is there's a theme that comes back as, which is the one that isn't the top for everything, yeah. which is basically what they're saying is you need to work on this, Mike. 
Um, so those 360 leadership stuff was good. I certainly got out of that. You know, I, I needed to focus a bit more on the strategic. And that was a transition that I found quite difficult. Um, when you're in the thick of it, now you have no time to think about anything. You just got to get it done, uh, develop the relationships and just make it work. And that's changed a little bit. And look, I, I still think it's probably an area I need to work on. And that came through in the 360 thing. Uh, and I think looking at looking at sort of key indicators that are that are important to you, uh, and they're through negotiation. Uh, I think one of the biggest things, and I've got it down as my, as I might, I'm not sure I'm going to save that for the end. The best idea, but <laughs> we we do survey the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's a very powerful tool. You know, if you, uh, we've got numbers on everything. How you know is it your favourite lesson? How much do you enjoy it? So I, I know that kids enjoy PE, and I've got the numbers to back it up. You know, I think it's something like 87 or 89 percent. It's either their favourite lesson or they really look forward to it. And you start to become more interested in the ones that aren't. So, mm. is there a theme? Boys, girls, where are we going wrong? And we do the same across the sports. So, you know, people ask me, well, you know, why did you just do rugby, football, and netball? And I go, well, that's interesting because we've surveyed the kids and they're out and out the most popular. Mm. So, I think that's something that I've got it down. One of my best ideas is. That ability to go to the students and measure the impact you're having on them, that's really useful. And it, and it generates uh, feedback and it answers a lot of questions people ask you. Oh, you get a lot of money in PE and sport. 85% of children play after school. Yeah. You know, how many go to your club? You, 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 there's a lot of justification then if you're looking as a new school and a new teacher. And, and I've had a few people come to visit, uh, which is great. You know, if you ever want to come over, give me a call. But I'd recommend that quite early on. And I should have done it earlier and I didn't is just get that survey out and establish what it is that your students enjoy, what they're good at. You know, what you might have this idea, and I always smile, people always ask me, don't do any volleyball? I said, well, no, because, yeah, I'll do some, but it doesn't really matter what I want to do. Yeah. You know, what do your students want? You know, what's driving them, and can you tap into that? So if you're a school that's got a you know, load of lads who are great at cricket, can you get that going? You're more athletics, basketball. What is it that you want? And obviously you have to play that off with the environment and the marketplace but at least you know you know I, I always used to have misgivings that you know we, we really don't do enough of certain types of activities and I worry a little bit about that and then you get the survey back and you think oh I'm all right mm. most of them still want to mm. do yeah. that part and I think enjoyment you can't underestimate that I mean we sort of have a little phrase enjoyment pride respect at desk and that's kind of underpinned a lot of things we're doing yeah. and if you don't enjoy it why we're not we're not getting yeah. anywhere here and it's not hard to enjoy sport if it's set yeah. up in the correct way so yeah I think that that side of things I probably should have done earlier and it's quite powerful and particularly for a new school when you're trying to justify what you need and what you'd like and what's possible and what's popular uh, I've done less of that with parents um, you know and that they sort of get a lot of surveys but if I'm honest we are child centers so yeah. that's who we're asking is that something that the whole school puts out? or that you No, we out? just do it in PE, and yeah. I set it up in the way that I want. Uh, I'm lucky enough I've got some administrative support, um, so thanks, Josie, for doing all my work. <laughs> um, yeah, we just do a QR code. It's just Microsoft Forms. It's yeah. nothing too clever. Start the lesson, get your phone out quick, walk up and down. Scanning, questions. We're scanning the QR code to the kids, so we just chuck a load of them out laminated. You've got five minutes. Duff done and you can get a lot of information groups girls boys favorite you know, first second and third sports you know it's interesting for me i don't want to know your favorite but i want to know your second and your mm. third as well you know what, what should we add in you know some kids are 
flip through it, but it gives you really, really nice data to go, you know, inspections and reports. Yeah. And, uh, and it's also really quite insightful. Some of the comments that the students put in, you know, are really insightful. And sometimes you think you know, but you don't know. <laughs> you think you do. That's because you talk to you all the sporty bias. kids. Yeah. yeah, of course you do. Uh, but then, you know, it's certainly raised some things for me that, uh, you know, it's made me think, it's reinforced things, and it's very valuable. I wonder how many PE departments across Dubai this term will be doing student voice <laughs> um, off the back of that. Um, yeah, touching on the sports that you mentioned, we've, this year, and lots of PE departments have tried new sports. Mm. For us, volleyball has been hugely yeah. successful, and we've never really done it before. <laughs> um, yeah, handball, we've started that this term. They are going mad for it. Like yeah, the speed at which they yeah. play handball is, and that, that I'm sure 100% of them enjoy it. You know, regardless of their their practical ability, so that's something we're going to take forward. Um, I'm conscious, you know, we, we've we've heard loads about desk and, and the journey you've been on, but I'd like to talk a bit more about leadership. Um, what what do you think makes a good leader or an, an effective leader, in in your opinion? Um, it's an interesting one. I think we've all probably read a lot of books about leadership, or maybe some of us have, or I just steal stuff from Twitter. And, <laughs> uh, I'm a bit lazy to read the whole book. Um, I made a few notes, actually, because it made me think, even having a few sort of ideas about the question. A vision, we've talked about that. I think that's important. Uh, and much as sometimes you feel like you're wasting your time, thrashing that out with the key people is important. I think the principle is very important. Mm. You know, that you can have any vision you like if he's not involved with it you're going to have a difficulty i mean we we've had several planning days and obviously not recently where we've been off timetable for the day and kind of thrashed out the vision and you know we were lucky to have head teachers come in for an hour of that session to be part of that you know and i know you know uh, that's lucky but that that gives you some insight into it mm. you know because you can have the vision you know, he needs to buy into that and then you're in, on the same page. So we, we've been very lucky with that. I think having a, a, a kind of vision that's, that's, that's a big thing or a, a greater cause, and you hear this quite a lot, you know, when you're, you know, what, what are we doing it for? You know, why question, you can mm -hmm. rephrase it like that if you wish, but, you know, just having that thing, you know, why are we doing all this? This is bigger than me, it's bigger than this. You know, I think having that vision sounds a bit lofty, but ultimately mm -hmm. for us, it's for the, it's for the students. Uh, and I think having that, and thrashing that out when you're working towards that that's not that's different i think you get examples of that all the time don't you when you you think you're working something bigger than you it, mm. it sort of pushes you on a little bit uh another one for me is integrity i think if you don't have a leader that's honest and fair you're gonna have problems uh, i'm not perfect uh, i'm kind of aware of my shortcomings with that but yeah trying to be fair and we talk about equity equity on timetables equity on ecas you know trying to understand your bias you, being fair is very important. I think if you don't get that, you're always going to struggle. Um, strategy, you need to look ahead. I was abysmal at this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When you're in a new school, you just, you just got to do your best and go for it. Uh, and I, I had very little time for strategy, 20 minutes on the way to school, probably in the car. Uh, and even then you're struggling to think. Uh, and I've been lucky as I've moved on. I had some very good kind of coaching and and guidance from, again, from the head teacher and from the school in terms of moving more towards that role and taking a lot of what a head teacher and people in that position can do and just miniaturizing it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a head teacher, but it becomes like a, a version of the school. Uh, and, and so looking ahead, 
you know, and the question you maybe want to ask in your department is, what's the next big thing? What's your next big thing? Well, if, if you're shrugging your shoulders and everyone's, you probably need to have a bit of a think. Mm. You know, what is your next big thing? So for me at the moment, we're looking at a lot of cameras and analysis and, you know, that alongside our development of character is probably our next big thing. Uh, maybe we're not there yet, but there's always got to be a next big thing for me. And the other one, relationships. Uh, people are the key to success. Yeah. You get them wrong, the rest doesn't matter. Uh, get to know people a bit. I've always said that to teachers. You know, just know if the kid likes computer games. Have that conversation. Mm. You know, when you're trying again, get in play rugby. You've got something in common. Get to know people. Um, a phrase I've stolen again from someone else. Warm demanding is not a bad phrase. Warm demanding. Yeah, you're nice, but ah, come on, Edge. You could do a little bit more. <laughs> you're, you're a good guy. Oh, all right, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and uh, people are going to laugh that no, catch people being good. Mm, good one. Uh, that's from man, uh, my wife's. Uh, Mum is a special needs advisor. <laughs> I've always used that, even with my own students. And I, we, we sort of laugh about it at work because it's a bit cheesy, but I think there's some truth to that. Mm. There's a lot of trying to catch people being bad sometimes at work, but yeah. if you can catch people being good, I think yeah. in teaching, in life, it's not a bad thing. I once used to do a newsletter called Bright Spots at my last school. <laughs> I used to walk around <laughs> and, and try and catch a teacher doing something good. There you go. Take a photo put it on a newsletter, share it with staff, walked into so-and-so's biology classroom and he was using plickers for his AFL or something like yeah. that. And it geeky and people mm. took the mick out of me. Yeah. But I know that it, it changed the way people, and they were hoping for me to walk in. And when if I did, you know, they would have something, you know, they might just change what they're doing on that moment or they would take that idea. So I'd, walking into our PE lessons, saying, oh, you know, I saw... I saw Matt doing this questioning strategy the other day. Well done, Matt. You know, rather than, guys, can we just all make sure we're tidying up equipment? You it's know, a that's a one. different phrase, isn't it? You've <laughs> yeah. got to do both. I but. do my share of moaning and my staff are probably listening to this now thinking, oh, come on. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, you need a bit of both, but catching people being good, I think. It's just reminding yourself. And I think when I did my teacher training, you know, we, I think it was five to one. You know, five good, one bad is, is a nice mm. ratio, you know, mm. and that's old school. But is it wrong? I don't think it is. It's just one to think about how often you're being positive mm. to how often you're not. Great. I like the idea of um, that strategy because it's kind of the metaphor of when you're on a dance floor at a disco, you don't really see anything other than the person you're dancing no, with. No. But if you get yourself up on the top deck and you can kind of <laughs> yeah. have a bit more of a scan around, you can kind of see the bigger picture. How how did you go about creating a strategy then? Is it, is it pick it? Pick a single item in the future and then work backwards? Or I think for me it's identifying key areas you want to develop. So I, I, I uh, and when you sit down and try and do that, that's quite interesting in itself. You know, facilities for most people might be one. Okay, that's fine. So let, we've got that. What, what do we want to do about it? What are the priorities? I've got some facilities priorities that, you know, I've been pushing for probably four or five years, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that maybe that doesn't change so much, but, you know, what are those priorities, you know, for me, characters become a big priority. How do we transmit values in a school? You know, that's part of my justification for why sport's so important. So I think once you can sort of look at, you know, what we're doing now, what areas do you want to develop, and then sort of prioritizing that. But then you need to come back to that vision of, of where it is you want to head. You know, when the principal arrived, he wanted to be the best sports school in Dubai. That's what he said. Mm. You know, he set the stall out. 
know, we want to be one of the best uh, sporting schools in the world. That, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with that? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And then it's, you know, but then breaking that down and working towards that. In my 100% of kids doing sports ECAs, I might never get there. Mm. You know, I might have to fudge the results one year. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's wrong. So having that vision and establishing that first, yeah. then breaking down the areas it is that you need to look at, and then almost prioritising as well in terms of what is the most important thing that we need to change and then looking at it in that way. But I think the buy-in from everyone's important and I think, you know, we, we certainly had a lot of strategy days, you know, sometimes we take the mick out of them in some ways, you know, it, it, it can get a bit samey, but even just getting your team together a day off site, my mm. school has been very good at supporting that, no interruptions, you know, we've done that on quite a regular basis. And, you know, making a decision that we are going to look at strategy, we are going to look at vision, that's fine. And let's just do that. Let's get away from the day-to-day logistics and, yeah. you know, the problems of, oh, that pitch is too big. And let's just move beyond that for one day and then work backwards from that. And people buying into that and having mm-hmm. their input, I think, is quite important. Um, you mentioned the 360 leadership review. Yeah. I, I did that as well in my weakest component was um holding people to account um got a two for that one um which is fine but emerging um yeah and i'm not good at that i'm not good at so maybe the warm what did you call it warm demanding warm demanding i might try that but um i've not done this 360 leadership oh you need to do it it's very good very very good good. um you basically send it to two people you line manage two people who are the same level as management as you and two people who might be above you in management yeah. and they all answer it anonymously and rate you on loads of leadership and management characteristics but you rate yourself and then, then you get their ratings next to yours so you might think you're really good at something but actually Gosh. they think you're pants so that, and that's really yeah. good as a leader to do I'd recommend it as Mike did but um, I wanted to ask you Mike um, how do you manage conflict um, with with and between your staff and, and holding people to account? Yeah, I, I'm the same. I'd probably say I, I struggle with that. I've had to develop that. I wouldn't say I'm brilliant at it. Uh, I think by nature, teachers are generally caring. Hmm. You know, we're generally nice people. Uh, and we're used to dealing with people who are very professional and very nice as well. So I think maybe we get less practice at it. I've got friends who went in and did some stuff in business from teaching and now back in teaching, just saying what a horrible world that is. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of horrible, ruthless people who are quite self-centered and you don't realize that you know, the, the teaching environment is quite caring and quite professional. So I think maybe we're less practiced at that. In my experience, 95% of conflicts are about communication, at least, if not more. Uh, there's very few staff, I would imagine, in most people's schools, you know, who, uh, yeah, you get the very rare occasions when people are deliberately lazy or obstructive, but it's quite rare. It's normally a bit of confusion. Mm. Oh, I didn't realise you needed me to go to BSAC. Well, I did. You know, well, yeah. I've now booked X or Y. So I think the communication part's quite big. Uh, getting people to sit down and to talk. Uh, you can normally come to some arrangement in that sense. I think if you, if you can't, then you've got to make a decision sometimes. Yeah, that's the hard one. Well, you need to do it. and and, but that's quite rare but I do think it's mostly about communication it's the same with your parents Mm. I I, you know we have like about four problems don't we as PE teachers my son didn't get in the team Mm. he didn't get enough playing time you're not training enough so but your your ability to communicate with parents and explain what you're doing and and that avoids those conflicts so um, yeah I think you need to acknowledge other people's ideas as well 
I, 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 that took me a bit of time. I always think I'm right, um, and I'm obviously not. Uh, so giving people a bit of time to acknowledge their ideas and, and to really listen to them. Mm. Uh, and I think teachers are bad at that. They're time pressured anyway. Um, and I think of even building relationships in school, teachers walk past and, you know, does it really matter if I spend 30 seconds to a minute rather than five seconds? No, probably mm. not. Uh, you know, that is that time talking to the science teacher for one minute in the corridor worth the investment? You know, mm. yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it in a nefarious way, but yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe you do need to say, spend the time. But yeah, I mean, acknowledge other people's ideas, let them talk. Uh, I was bad at that. I always thought I was right. Yeah. Uh, you know, communicate, you know, make sure people have an understanding. And then if there's something that you're not happy with, you just need to be honest about it. But if you've got a good relationship, then hopefully that comes across in the right way. You know, and I, and I think I definitely haven't done enough of that in the past. You know, you need to tell people if they're bad at something because mm. it's going to hold them back. And I've started to try to do that a little more. You know, if you know someone, but you do know when you speak to that person that you're a little bit patronising because I can see it in the face. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. So just just take the time to talk you know, in, in a less condescending way and you'll, you'll get better results for the, you know, it, sometimes the better results and everyone happy does take a bit longer. Mm. Is, is it worth it? Yeah, most of the time. But yeah, on occasions you do have to say, well, that's my decision and, and that's yeah. the end of it. I think you, you're making sure everyone is, is listened to and once everyone's been listened to and discussed, whether you agree or disagree, we're going to agree to do it this way and then and then the team can move forward then. Um, I do think that one thing that leaders could do more, like I have no problem with putting forward what I think and then someone has a much better idea. Mm. I just mm. jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's way better. Forget what I said. Yeah. We're doing what you said. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think some people feel as a leader that, that that's, that's in some way you've got, to, yes, you've got to make the decision, but the decision's been that your idea is way better than mine and we're doing it. <laughs> you know, that, I'm making that decision. That's good leadership, yeah. strong leadership. Yeah, which is, I think, sometimes yeah. people get them muddled up, yeah. you know you want to be the stupidest person in the room as a leader almost, don't you? You know, that, that sort of phrase. And I think that's, you know, I never had any qualms with that. I haven't got a massive ego in that sense. If I think it's a better idea, let's do yours. Yeah. There's a, a book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, highly recommend that. But the main underpinning value of these five is, is basically trust. <laughs> and if the team trusts each other, they can then be honest and they can tell you that your idea isn't as good as that one. And and then and you listen and you and then that's how a team becomes more high performing. But if you don't trust and if that person in your department is scared to challenge your idea with a potentially better idea, you your depart your team won't perform as well as what they potentially could. It's even better sometimes if if you if you let them say their idea first and then you can go, Oh, that's a great idea and if you've got your own dumb idea, you don't even have to let <laughs> oh, them know. <laughs> don't yeah, even have yeah. to let them know. I always say with my with my department, I just present it with a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm really, you know, we've changed the sports day every year since since the school opened. You know, and one year I just said, Look up what do you think? I, I'm just not happy with what can we do? Mm. Off they went, way better. I, I did pretty much nothing. Sports day was reinvented as a sports festival. Uh, the people it has been wonderful, you know. <laughs> people are trying to give me credit. I'm like nothing, <laughs> nothing from me. I just didn't like the last one, and these guys have made this one, and, and it and it's significantly better. Yeah, great. And everyone wins because yeah. it's their their idea. They're happy. You kind of empowered yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you talked about support from, from the principal who wanted to be the best school in Dubai. Yeah. Um, well, in, in the UAE, as you are now, and he's invested a lot of money. I just wanted to know what, as we're, we're managing smaller budgets, and yeah. particularly in current times, we've got a smaller budget. Aside from your sports fields, what has been the best buy that you've made as a director of sport? Well, we've I'll seen the, the cameras, school the, next door. The, <laughs> the drones, the speed gates. What's, what's been Do the you best know buy? What? I made a couple of notes on this because it was, it was making me laugh in terms of, I'm just having a look here for what, uh, what the best buys were because it won't be... I don't think it'll necessarily be... Mike's uh, flipping through about 20 pages yeah. of purchases at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just... Yeah, we were laughing about this. Uh, best buys, the rope that goes around the pitch. <laughs> I can honestly say... So if you come to desk, you'll notice that we've got the kind of red stakes mm. and the rope around the pitch. And that ability to keep the parents and the students and staff separate is just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, everyone's happier. You can still see it. Coaches can coach. Parents can support. You know, when you come to us for a rugby or football fixture and, and your parents are 70 metres away on the other side, you, you see how relaxed staff are. Mm. And it's not that we don't want the parents there. We, we want them to support and be positive. But if you can keep them separate... And also keep people back from the edge. That's when things escalate. And we always laugh that <laughs> of all the things that I've bought, and you know, <laughs> they've been considerable. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we, you know, I think that's up there is one of the things that's transformed the experience for the for everybody really. Mm. Uh, and, and you know, it's something where we're not quite there yet, but we do try to keep parents and coaches and students separate. Let the, let the students play. And I think that uh, obviously COVID, you've seen that. You know, yeah, our. our, yeah. our, our I've seen parents on stepladders over walls on my son's football. I have a little nap in the car, he comes back, we talk about the football. But I think, you know, it's not that I don't want to be supportive, but allowing them to, to play, that's been great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about some of the best things that I've bought. But yeah, because of its impact, yeah. mm. you know, for the cost, all we did was get rebar, get it bent, painted it red, painted the bottom bit white so it doesn't hit the irrigation, hammer it into the white, new rope. Madam, just behind the rope, please. A bit, I mean, it becomes mm. easy then to, to manage that situation. I think the other one, this this is off Amazon, I think it was 40 dirhams, key safe for the gym. So outside the gym, there's a key safe, mostly because oh. I lose my keys. So every time I want to get in the gym, you just dial it in, keys out, and you go. So if you've got other staff members... So like a spare key. Yeah. yeah. So other staff members who support mm. with the gym, you don't need to give them a key. Yeah. Because they're useless, they'll probably use it. But they can access that. Mm. So... Things that that that's one of my other best buys. Not as glamorous as you might think, but uh, certainly those are, those are the sometimes. A, and I, I listen to Roger's podcast about attention to detail and the small things that can make a difference. But yeah. I think I've been a little bit flippant, obviously. But the pitch thing, yeah, controlling that environment and make it, it, it's the environment most of the time that's causing you the problems. Mm. You know? So if you if you can do that, you know, if you come to us for a football tournament, you'll notice we try and keep the middle of the pitches free. So please don't come in the middle. That's just for that's you know. And some parents don't like it. And we want you there, but we want you where you need to be. And some of my staff with a background in professional sport, you know, were smiling about the fact if you think you're gonna, you know, if your son's playing under twelve at Man United, if you think you're gonna come pitch side and start shouting instructions, yeah. you're sadly mistaken. I'm not saying that we don't want that. Yeah. It's just we want the support and the coach has a chance to coach. So yeah, that, that's probably one of the, be the best things I've ever bought. Nice. Uh, 
Did you have a follow-up? No, I was going to say, what was what was the most indulgent thing that you purchased that turned out <laughs> yeah. to be a bit of a flop? Yeah, yeah. Your team I, have looked around Matt's and gone... fantasising about a budget here. Well, yeah, I've got... <laughs> I, I don't want to get into trouble here. I've never bought anything that was a waste of money. <laughs> uh, I think things that are difficult to use. So we're, we're sort of, you know, we've played around with lots of different camera systems and we just bought one now uh, from Denmark, a VO camera system. And we borrowed that from someone else to trial. And I think... You know, we did have another camera system that sort of tracked a wristband that we hoped was going to be better. But honestly, it just it just wasn't giving us the quality that we needed. And, you know, yeah, we used it, but it didn't have the impact that I wanted. So, you know, that was maybe a mistake with that one. The one we've got now, we managed to get one we could trial from someone else. So we were happy with it. So then, then we sort of invested in that. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's the things that you hope is going to make an impact, but mm. don't. Uh, and that's why it's great if you can go and talk to other people. You know, like you're asking me now, and I've been a bit mean about talking about posts and ropes, but you know, it's got to make an impact. You know, yeah. you, I think the other one we we had a, one of those smart TVs on a trolley, like and like everyone, no one can be bothered to wheel it out and plug it in. So it, it was just, you know, it is a waste of time. However, you know, my staff have just got iPad Pros, and you know, we're hoping that that's going to lift our game because it's easy it's with you you do your register oh you know yeah. what we'll just video that anyway and we'll you know we'll scribble on it and and i think it's about impact you know if you're buying something and it's going to make an impact uh, and look we all get it wrong from time to time i've had a couple of times i've got giddy in the catalog but a sprinting speed sled yeah. that's one <laughs> I've, and, got two. Uh, I've got two i've got two a lap counter for the athletics one lap to go two laps to go. a little bell on the bottom too expensive um Different topic, recruitment now. Okay. Um, what do you look for when recruiting PE teachers for your that, department? That's an interesting question as the school's grown. So if we recruited now, I'd probably have some very specific things that I wanted. Now, I, I suspect with a lot of schools that's the case. So when you're applying, if you can find that out, if it's not in the advert, I think that's a sort of crucial thing. I mean, a few years back, I was looking for someone who was good on exam PE, particularly A11 girls football. Okay, so that's what I wanted. So if you didn't have that, mm. it, it was going to be difficult for you. But unfortunately, what happens a lot with adverts is it's not really there. So that would be my first recommendation, is if you can somehow try and find out what it is they're actually looking for. Now, I know that's not possible. Uh, and the larger the school, the more specific that tends to be. You know, so when I started the school, I did everything. I needed everyone to do everything and expected everyone to do everything. I, I'm still a bit like that now. I see no reason why you can't coach anything to under 16 if you're a PE teacher. Hmm. I mean, my analogy is always a maths teacher who doesn't do fractions. Well, you're a maths teacher. You know, yeah. I know you're specialised, but to a certain level, you, sh you should be competent. But then, you know, where we are now, we do have specialists in certain areas and people play to their strengths. So, you know... I, if you can find that out from the school, what it is they're looking for. I know that's not always possible, but it is in Dubai. If you're applying in Dubai, yeah. you're bound to know someone or, or, or just sort of ask if I could have a little bit more information yeah. on what the role is and what you're looking for. Hmm. Uh, I'd certainly, if someone asked me if there was a job going at desk, I, you know, I would have no problem in, you know, I'd try to get it on the advert. Let's be honest, we're not always in control of the adverts that come out of our schools. Yeah. So if you can get in contact with them, I'd do that. Um, outside of that, once if you've got that information, that's, that's a great steer to start with. The expectation is you do your research. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of get lots of information about, you know, you, you've, 
doing behavioural stuff with students from a particular... Well, that's not going to be relevant to the school that you're going. So it depends on the school and what's relevant to them. But you can pick all that up on the website, the vibe, the cultures. Yeah. Um, you've got to do your research. Level of coaching I'd look at if I was looking for a particular role, what the relevant qualifications are. I always look at the degree, what, where, what level. I do want to know. Uh, and it's a quick one. I can just see, yeah. right, okay. Um, pretend, you know, depending on what the role is, if it's a coach role, then that'll be different. But I'd still be looking at the level of your qualifications. Yeah. Um, the quality of the grammar and the writing, like, you know, I think everyone said it. You get that many, if anything's mm. wrong, I'll just chuck it straight away. Yeah, yeah. the smallest thing. Yeah, there's too many. Um, uh, and again, I'd always look for what they've led as well, regardless if they're a teacher or, or a post. I want to know what you've led, what you've done outside of uh, just what you have to do. Mm. You know, have you taken it? Yeah, I've taken the county under 15 football team from the UK. Right, you're probably not bad then, or, you know, at least you've taken that initiative. You know, that's the kind of thing. You, you know, and, and we've been doing it long enough to sort of make judgments about it. You know, I know what courses are a one-day one you just get the certificate mm. and sign up for. But mm. you know, there's nothing wrong with them being there. And just, you know, matching it up to the school and trying to figure out from the school and their Twitter feed and their website and their Instagram what it is. You know, what's the message that they're driving? And, and then, obviously, you want to try and get that into your application. And and why desk? If you're applying to desk, you know, yeah. why desk? And, and so many letters that are could be for any school yeah and they, and they just don't they might make the long list because of something on your cv but they might not make the short list at the end because they've not really looked at that. yeah you've got to do your homework yeah um and and to me if, it, if it's speculative don't bother yeah you know if you want to come and work it's worth the effort if you don't don't bother mm. um and i know that's hard if you're sort of not sure about you know the quality of the school but you know think it's worth the effort if you're going to go for it yeah so when you get an email and it's you can see you're one of 50 email addresses that have been tagged yeah. into the email and it's the dear sir or madam and you just right do your research find out the name find out who you're Correct. talking to yeah, yeah. and check out the school and you never know i mean not that you know i don't mind people who email me you know wanting information or you know if i can respond and, and i've got the time then i'll do that you know i don't i don't mind that but you need to do the research and make sure you're doing the right thing. And mm. you know, if you're really interested in a particular school, like ring reception. Mm. You know, you can do that. We've, we've actually a bit of a plug. Got a job going available now at North London Collegiate School. Be a teacher <laughs> job. It's on test for another week. Um, but so far, we've I think uh, 85 applications. When I checked yesterday, um, one thing for me, the pres- uh, like I'm going to ask you in a moment, what are your big no-nos? on an application, you know, that will really make you not even read any of it. Uh, So I look at the CV and, you know, I got one the other day and it had that many colours on it. It was orange, blue, black, squiggly fonts. And I was just like, I I wanted to email the person to to explain, like, you you are going to really struggle to get a job with this CV. Go to this website, change it, or just go onto Microsoft Word and do it black and white. Is there anything for you, Mike, that was, is a big no-no? I, I, I think if you haven't followed the instructions that you've been given, like it mm. says put a photo on, put mm. a photo on. Mm. Um, it's just sort of a lack of a, you know, caring and attention to detail. And I think 
you know, I would hope that in every school there's someone you could go and show it to first. Mm. You know, go and get the head of English to proofread it at least. You, you sure, you know, I think that it's hard and, and, you know, it's been a long time since I've sent my CV out, so what would I know? But, you know, I think just the attention to detail, making sure everything's correct, getting someone you trust or someone in a similar position mm. to where you might be going to, to mm. try and take a look at it for you. And PE teachers are quite good with networks, aren't they? You know, it, most PE teachers have got contacts and, and it's easy, isn't it? You just email it over, you mm. give it the once over. And even in your own school, you know, if if the head teacher's busy, maybe they're just a deputy head, assistant head. And it doesn't actually matter, I don't think. It's more that, you know, you, you do get it double checked and sent, really. Yeah. Great. What's the, the best idea you ever acquired from a, another school or college? Having been around, you must have played lots of fixtures, mm. tours, international tours. What have you seen at another school that, that's now at desk? I mean, the best idea, I think we discussed it earlier, was the surveys. That was stolen from another school. And, that, and that's had the most impact. Um, I think, you know, we, when I first came here, the, you know, the branding as well, that's quite important. You know, and, and that took me a while to accept that you know, the kids could have the best experience possible. I was still going to be judged on how we appeared. And you, know, that, that's, you have to accept that here in Dubai. It is important that your presentation is good. Uh, so you know, looking at what other people are doing and their branding. And, and now you know, I chat to a lady in marketing. She helps me with all the branding. And you know, that, that seems easy, but it wasn't like that. And you know, we sort of go through that process. But yeah, the surveys was the best thing that I ever stole in terms of its impact. But there's kind of attention to detail and you look at other schools and how they do their branding. And even now, you know, you, you always have a nose round somewhere else and, and see what you can pick up. Nice. What are your three non-negotiable behaviours for you and your team? Uh, these are a bit tricky. I sort of shoehorned more than three in, but that's sort of Okay, similar. you can have more than three if you like. Positive <laughs> and work hard. You know, you, you've got to be that for me. You're in a great place. It's a great opportunity. You know, you, that's just a given to me. Um, so yeah, so positive work, hard, uh, honest, and reflective, and and I think they're linked. To be truly reflective, you have to be very honest with yourself, and I mm. think that's been a secret to our success. In one sense, is we sort of celebrate something, but then you go, yeah, but you know that was a minute too late, and you know the, the sign to the toilets and. And even yourself and your lessons and, and what you do, but you've got to be very honest to be very reflective, you know, about your own performance, about other people's. And, but if you don't reflect, things don't change. Like I said, I've never had a year the same at desk, and, and I don't think I ever will, because you know, it's a bit like golf. You can't have a perfect round. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> what went wrong? Oh yeah, just yeah, just yeah, out the soft hands out the bunker, whatever it is. But you need to be reflective and change. And the last one, uh, and I think. It's perhaps different to me, but other people, you need to be kind if you're going to work for me. Uh, and I'm not saying that in a way that's soft, but, you know, if you're not a kind person, and I don't, you know, there's not really a place for you. you know, and I see that, you know, I've got these super big, tough, rugby guys that work for me, and, and, and they're certainly, you know, I certainly want to get in their way, but are they kind? Yeah, they, they enjoy looking after that one student. They enjoy bringing on that person. They will give up that time to help the other students. They, you know, if someone's got a problem at home, they will support their staff with that. So, yeah. I think for me that that is quite important. Great. Have you had any books or podcasts or quotes or, or any anything that's really guided you throughout your career? Yeah, I think um, I had a really good steer on a book, What Drives Winning, and I've recommended it to Ed Brett Brett Letterbetter, and it's basically 
it's, I think it's a really good book for here and for Dubai, and it talks about uh, character and how character drives kind of the process, and the process drives the winning. Uh, so, of course, I'm fiercely competitive and you want to win, but what you can realise is that there's more than one way to win. Uh, and, you know, you can win by being threatening and unpleasant and, and bullying kids in, into results. That can work, but there's another way where, you know, you can develop the kid's character, make them competitive, make them hardworking, make them honest. And he speaks to characteristics, performance and moral. Uh, you know, and I think if you do that, you know, if you get kids to hardworking, listen, humble, they're going to do well and they're going to win. So I think as educators, that has to be the path you take. Hmm. You know, it, it, you can have both. And I think when we talk about character and we talk about, you know, developing kids' character and not focusing on the outcome, people then think, oh, he's just going to give a, an award for everyone who took part. No, that's not the case. I'm just saying that you don't control the outcome. And also, if you, you know, we maybe have some problems, but if you win all the time, what do you learn? Nothing. You know, and that's a problem in Dubai sometimes is, you know, but that, that book is excellent, and if you, it, it's quite hard to find. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, he does a podcast. But yeah, character drives the process. The process drives the winning. We want to win everything, and how are we going to do it? Well, developing all the students' characters. Um, and don't, you know, there's a difference between not focusing on the outcome and being very competitive. And it's a fine line. And that, you know, I don't think we've finished that journey yet. I hate losing. Of course I do. But I know ultimately I can't control that. And if we want to test ourselves and, and if we want to go and play, you know, some of the better teams when we can travel and, you know, there will be moments where we are going to lose. But, you know, if that, if that process has been good and we drive that, then that's okay. Uh, the other one is Chimp Paradox, Steve Peters. Uh, I, think, I think that book, I was lucky enough to meet him, went out for a pizza. Uh, he just knows a friend of the family and he was just a really interesting guy. And I think that, that's been useful for me personally with your kids. Uh, dealing with staff. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's, it's a nice, easy read. It almost feels like common sense. It's quite well mm. written. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. Excellent. Well, we've done an hour, Mike. Wow, and and um, just thank you very much. It's been really, really interesting, very intriguing. We've, there's plenty of things there that people can take and apply to their own schools, I think. Um, so thank, thank you for joining us. No, you're um, welcome. I enjoyed it. No, thank you. Thank you for listening and, and downloading the podcast. Um, our audience is growing. Me and Matt are really pleased by the... Some of you have sent in kind messages. Um, so thank you very much for that. That really motivates us. Uh, all we would ask is that you pass on the pod, um, to coin a phrase from another podcast that is to pass the pod, and um, you know share it with a colleague. It don't have to be from Dubai or in Dasa. It could be anywhere. We're just talking about PE. We're talking about leadership and how we can improve ourselves as, as teachers and leaders and, and help others around us. And, and that's what it's all about. So, uh, yeah, you can listen on Spotify, on Apple. Um, we're trying to get these out every couple of weeks, um, squeezing it in between our timetable, coming over here to Heartland and um, getting people to cover our lessons, <laughs> which we're very grateful for. <laughs> Matt's just giving me a shake of the head there. Sorry. We'll cut that bit out. Sorry, Ken College. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us and um, we'll speak to you again next time.